Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. this morning? Yes, we are. We are. And it is, again, my privilege to introduce to you someone that is really close to my heart. You know, when I first met her, she's not new to our stage. She was here about this time last year speaking to us. So she's she's not new to our stage. And you know, what surprised me when I first met her was just how kind, loving, fun, and generous she was. And not that like I should have expected anything different, like not that I had any reason to think anything less, but you never know when you when you meet somebody new, you're kind of, always kind of nervous. And so I'm really honored that she is here with us. She's gonna bring such a powerful, loving, fun, and just energetic word. And so um, I just, I really just wanna honor her. So I'm gonna ask that you stand to your feet. And she's Australian born, so you're gonna hear a little bit of an accent but she hails from Seattle, Washington, where her and her husband, Drew, planted and now pastor New Hope Village in Seattle, Washington. Help me welcome to the stage, Pastor Emma Davies. I will. Well, hello, guys, I just felt like Beyonce. I got to emerge from a curtain. I've never done that before. Amazing, amazing. You look epic this morning. I'm terrible at standing in front of bumpers. Good morning, my city girls. You can go ahead and be seated. Will I rave on your magnificent pastors for a second? Beautiful Kelly. Eli, what a year you've had. I can relate. My goodness, saying yes to God. But I just want to commend you and amen everything, uh, Kelly, that uh, Becky said over you last night. Like, for such a time as this. It's a magnificent thing just to see what God's already doing and the position He's got you in to do something incredible through you. And can I just tell you my city, because sometimes you don't know it when you're in it, but do you get how awesome this is? Do you get it? Like I am telling you, there is way too many Sundays that I want to admit that we don't even have a microphone that works. You have working microphones, you can emerge from a curtain. Like it's amazing, I'm just telling you, this is pretty epic. My girls and I are very inspired. Talking about my incredible girls, stand up. This is Christine and Talitha, they're my, my wing woman for the weekend. They're amazing. And as Pastor Kelly said, I um, was here last year. How many people though, this is your first time at my city? Oh my goodness, so many of you. Well, let me intro myself really quickly. Please note, I also did wear tiger print this year as well. See the continuity, right? This time though, I'm not huge and pregnant, so yay! But that is because I did have a COVID baby. Anyone else have a COVID baby? COVID babies unite! We did not stay six feet apart, clearly. Okay, since I was last here, What's happened? I think I got braces. Did I have braces when I was last year? That's been a vibe that's just kept going. An Australian with braces, Lord, Lord. Humility is a gift from the Father Himself, thank you. It's been a wild year. What can I tell you? Church planning in a global pandemic. Well, I haven't been bored. I'll give you that. I have not been bored. It has been truly an epic thing to be part of building the local church in the magnificent state of Washington. I, um, I know it's God because 
I love my state. And everything in the natural should say in this season, I should be saying a whole bunch of other stuff about my state, but I can't fake it when I say, I love Washington and I love that God has picked us to be a part of building the church there. And I, it doesn't get wasted on me and I hope it doesn't get wasted on you here in Nebraska that when we build the church, guess what happens? The gates of hell do not get to prevail. So that's our story of what we're going through in Washington right now. We are building God's church and in every area that we can, we are impacting that city for Jesus so the gates of hell will not prevail. And our story is we said yes to Jesus and then He just kept showing up faithful, showing up faithful. And guess what? That story's not unique to me. That's your story too. It's anybody that says yes to Jesus, that's your story. So listen, we only have a short amount of time here together this morning. And I've had a couple of comments like, Emma, preach the house down. And I would love to say that's what's gonna happen today. But my friend Becky came out last night and did all of that for me. But what we are gonna do today is, I really feel that God wants to minister the house down. Minister the house down. What does that mean? Sometimes we need to be, like we need that experience of being challenged and, and riled up. That's so important because sometimes we get apathetic and we need to be woken up. But when we are awakened, then we need to stop and receive what we've woken up for. And I believe that so clearly, that's what this message that God has given me today. And can I just tell you, my city, this was not an easy message to write because it didn't come. And when it doesn't come to me, I'm like, that means the Holy Spirit wants to move and He wants me to be reliant on Him. So this morning, I just wanna pray before we get started. And we're gonna ask that the Lord meets us here. Father, I just thank You as we've been awoken, Father, and the first night of Unshakable Conference, God, You didn't just wake us up to leave us the same. Father, You woke us up, Father, to deposit something new, something fresh. And God, I pray that there is a prophetic edge to this message, Father. God, that there is, and why not believe this, that this could be, God, a, a session that changes everything, God. Not because I'm so smart with my words or so articulate, but because You're so good, God. And Your Word says, one moment with You is better than a thousand elsewhere. God, I thank you, you didn't come to modify our behaviour, you came to transform our lives. So Father, I just declare that we're walking out of here different than we came in today. God, we just give you this word in Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. All right, can we talk a little bit about the COVID summer? Let's just talk about this. Any parents in the room? Okay, you're gonna feel me on so many levels on this. It was the world's longest summer! It never ended. There's a little bit of energy in my voice because my magnificent state did have a season where they didn't let us send our kids to school. So that was fun. So when I say it was the longest summer ever, it really was. Months turned into months and turned into months. And then in all of this, if that wasn't long enough, after the craziness of a summer, I had this brilliant idea, and I'm being very sarcastic here, when school finally did go back, I had this brilliant slash, the worst idea I've ever had, and to do this, I decided that I was going to remove all screen time from my children during the week. I know, it was probably Satan and I listened. <laughs> Had this great idea, I was like, we gotta rein this in. So it means for a whole week, you don't get to watch YouTube of kids playing with toys, the toys that you have in your own playroom, but you need to watch a show of somebody else playing it. Sorry, we don't get to watch Toy Story 3. Not one, not two, not four, three for the 50,000th time. Guess what, kids, it ends the same. We don't get to watch it for the 147th time. 
Sorry, we can't watch Coco Melon. No more Coco Melon. No more Coco Melon. Those songs get stuck in my head forever. So I made this plan. All right, from when we get home from church on Sunday to when you get home from school on Friday, we are being a screen-free house. Okay, so what does a child do without screens? So I try to tell them about this really great thing that I'd forgotten about, but I was like, maybe I need to tell you about this. It's this really cool thing where it's, go outside and play. Do you remember that? They didn't remember that. And I was like, let me introduce you to this amazing concept. What about this concept where you don't mess up this house that I've just cleaned? Anyone feel me on that? They weren't really picking up on those types of activities. So we had to get a little bit more creative. And so we did, it's an oldie but a goodie. We started doing board games as a family. Okay, we had the whole repertoire going on, but a guess who, guess who fans in the room? I'm actually randomly terrible at guess who. I don't know how you can be terrible at, I literally lose like every game. It's actually quite embarrassing. Okay, we'll be getting into some, does anyone know Spot It? I feel like I need to advertise, that game is legit. Okay, but the real game that has won for us in our screen-free life, and it might give you a bit of a clue, is the game of Jenga, Jenga, Jenga. That might explain why you have a random Jenga piece on your seat, we're gonna get to that in a minute. Here's a fun fact, did you know Jenga is the third most popular game in the whole world? Can anyone guess what the first two are? Great. Not Uno, that actually would have been a good one. Scrabble, I know, Scrabble, I don't know what's going on. We do own that, the Toy Story version, of course. Not as fun. All right, so we all know, because we've been around for a while, we get the point of, of Jenga. It's a very fun game. The Davies, though, have made it a little extra fun. We don't play with one set. No, 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 no. We play with two sets. I know, I know. We are so extreme about Jenga in my house. Two things have happened. Number one, my husband has a Jenga name. He likes to be referred to the surgeon when we play because of his sturdy hands. You can judge him for that. Feel free, at Drew Davies on Instagram. Judgment is welcome. <laughs> Second thing that has happened playing Jenga is we have a time curfew because I have a baby, COVID baby, I mean, she's seven months old, and we have terrified that poor child when he's in bed and it's like, crash, bang, and the baby's screaming as we're screaming. It just gets a little too intense because when you're ultimate jenga in, that thing's going real high. That's a really satisfying crash. Why am I talking about Jenga today? There is a point. Because the point of my message today is called this. And listen, we don't have much time together today, so you better pick up what God wants to put down for you today. This is the title of my message, and it's not just a clever title. As I said at the beginning, I believe it's prophetic utterance from the Holy Spirit himself. And my message is entitled this this morning, Jenga Faith, Jenga Faith. Another title I toyed around with is Life is Like a, you wanna say box of chocolates, but I think it's much more like a game of Jenga. Why do I say this? Because just like Jenga, you go into it and you've got a strategy. You've had past experiences of winning before, so you think this is gonna be a breeze. You go into it expecting that you won't lose. Because that's the thing about Jenga, you don't win it, but you just don't lose it. It's interesting. But just like life, you go into it and you're not, and you're, you're like, you kind of know that stuff could go wrong, but you're like, no, I'm gonna prevail. But then something happens and you push or pull, and all of a sudden, all your best laid plans can go awry in a second. And what you thought was gonna be this magnificent tower on the way to victory crumbles around you. And all of a sudden, there's a big crash, and you're covering your ears. All of a sudden, you're you know, fearing for your life as bricks fly at your face. I'm telling you, ultimate Jenka is a thing, people. Very much like life. 
Sometimes, despite our best efforts, despite the fact that we think we're doing everything right, things can come crashing down and we find ourselves in a place of surrounded by the shattered pieces of what we thought was strong in a previous season now looks different. I think that is such a prophetic word for an unshakable conference. And you might be asking, but why? Aren't you meant to be telling us how to be unshakable? This is what I think will help you more. Yes, you can be unshakable, but you're never gonna be unshakable in your own strength. You're gonna be unshakable because you're gonna engage the unshakable God that lives inside of you. You're gonna be someone who stays steadfast, but the truth is you're human, I'm human, and sometimes the pieces of our lives are gonna move. Sometimes we do it, sometimes life does it to us. And despite the fact that everything in us wants to have the story of being unshakable, the truth is winds will blow, storms will come, and a peace moves and things come crashing to the ground and we find ourselves covering our ears saying, what the heck just happened? I told you this great story of victory that's been church planning in a, in, a, in a global pandemic. And you know what? There's been so much of that. But if I can be honest for you, it's actually felt a little bit like a Jenga game. And I think of all the words that I can give you out of the overflow of my own testimony is this. Yes, you will be unshakable in seasons, but I think the best way to be unshakable is knowing how to rebuild when you are shaken. That's why faith is like a Jenga game. Because sometimes it's gonna crash down and you have to have the faith to start building again. So listen, this word is simple, but it's profound if you can catch it this morning, my city. And I really, really, really feel this is a word for you corporately because I know that this has been a year like it has been for so many where some shaking has come. And I know it's a word for some people personally. And can I tell you this? If you're resonating already, like, yeah, I can really relate to a Jenga game. Can I tell you, God wants to get something to you today because you can't give your city that is already shaking or it's about to shake, something you don't have a revelation of in your life. So the word is simple today. God is calling us to be people, have Jenga faith and know how to rebuild when the crashing comes. This is gonna be a significant message. And listen, I wanna be praying for people at the end. But before we do that, I wanna tell you a story. And I've been like getting into the Bible lately. I know that's not revolution. I'm, like, I'm a pastor and stuff. But maybe you relate to this. I know a lot of things, but sometimes I just forget. It's like you become, what you become familiar with sometimes. I've had this beautiful season lately where I've just re-engaged with the Word of God. And maybe you need to do that too. And I was picking up, of all the books that re-engaged me, is the book of Nehemiah. How many people can actually say they know the story of Nehemiah? Okay, you're way holier than I am. I'm a pastor, I was like, Nehemiah, what did that guy do again? Well, let me tell you, because I've just read it, okay? So the story of Nehemiah, if you want a biblical poster child for someone who knows how to rebuild, it's Nehemiah. Let's just give you a quick context for, for you know, time's sake this morning, what happens. So the Jews at the time were under the rule of the Babylonians. Our friend Nehemiah, because of the favor of God on his life, found himself as the cupbearer to the king at the time. And why that's significant is, think about the trust that the king had in a slave he had, that he was the guy that was making sure he wasn't poisoned, which was the go-to at the time of how to take people out. So he was in this incredible position of favor. And just like Esther, he was like, well, this is my for such a time as this moment. And he asked favor from the king and he said, can I go back to the city that I was exiled from and see what is going on there? So spoiler alert, he goes back to the city of Jerusalem and he goes back and he sees what once was, now was no longer. 
When he left, the tower looked like this. It was all good to go. It was pretty sturdy. But what had happened is circumstances had come and put a lot of holes in it and it all come crashing to the ground. Let's read it together and you'll see exactly what the state was. You're gonna find this in Nehemiah chapter two, verse 11. And this is really interesting. This is one of the books of the Bible where it's actually talking in the first person. So this is his actual account of what happened. It said this, so I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. Side note, it's important who you take with you when you're rebuilding. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. Another side note, God had given him a plan. (laughs) We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over to the dung gate. Come on, that's not a good place. How many people feel like they've maybe passed through some dung gates in 2021? Yep, to inspect the broken walls and the burned gates. What was once there, now is no longer. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey could not get through the rubble, where there was once easy access. When once you were able to feel the things of God, all of a sudden there doesn't feel like there's access. It is good, except I forgot my place. Here we go, here we go. So although it was still dark, I went to the Kidron Valley instead, expecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the official, or anyone else in the administration. Now we need to catch these next two verses because they're significant. But now I said to them, you know very well the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Listen, I think the fact that Nehemiah, he wasn't pretending that the pieces hadn't been scattered. He wasn't saying, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's still standing. No, he knew that Rome was burning and he called it out. He was somebody, and maybe there's some people today, and I believe that's what Pastor Becky's message carried last night, maybe an awakened to the fact that, guess what? Our world's a little bit on fire right now. The walls that you thought maybe were stable are no longer there. There's some charring that has happened in our nation. And you know what? It might have not happened in your home, but guess what's happening in my home? Just to be real for a second, do you know on the 25th of this month, I'm going back to a city where because of decisions I've made, I won't be able to go to a restaurant. I won't be able to go renew my driver's license. We're having to change church venues for the fourth time in nine months because we won't be able to have people come into church unless they have a certain medical status. Like I'm telling you, it might not be in your doorstep, but guess what, it's on mine. And don't think God's, like Becky said last night, don't you think tyranny stops at state lines? It's a spirit and spirits will go wherever there is space. So one thing that you've got to catch about Nehemiah, he was smart enough to know the state. He was, and smart, don't, don't take that as a negative thing. He was discerning enough in the spirit. He had inclined his ear. He had seen, he had eyes to see the state of what was going on. Do you have eyes, my city girl? Have you seen some of the things that are out there? Did you know right now we're in a global pandemic of suicide like we've never had before? Do you know right now we have more gender and identity confusion than ever before? Do you know that my six-year-old goes to drama camp in Washington and before he even goes in the door, he's asked, hey, six-year-old, what pronoun would you like to be called? What pronoun? He's six years old, he eats his boogers. Like, is that seriously where we're at? Know the state of where you're at. 
They're coming for our kids, we know that. And don't think they just, the devil just cares about taking out Washington kids. I'm telling you, your kids are just as precious. And the devil, that sneaky dude, will always come after what's most precious and most vulnerable. Listen to what happened. Once Nehemiah said the state, listen to what his response is, because it's gotta be our response. He says this, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. This, what an incredible statement. Let us start rebuilding. And then I love this simple next scripture. So they began the good work. Notice the problem and rather than freaking out, just went, you know what? It's just time to rebuild. It's just time to rebuild. Let's return to Jenga for a minute. Now, if you play Jenga with small children who have not yet developed their emotional maturity, you will know it's a wild ride. So I have a very competitive six-year-old, my son Jack, he's, he's a whole thing. And when we, like he hates losing so much and when the crash comes, he is learning to be gracious and rather than like, let's start a new game, he just, the world is literally over. Well, if I lost once, I must be, that's it, I'm a failure at life, I'm a loser. And like we laugh at that, but the truth is that often can be an experience of us. When we lose one thing or something is taken from us, rather than having the maturity go, okay, it's time to rebuild again, we just stop playing the game altogether. I'm telling you, it is time, my city girls, it's time, come on, Washington girls, it is time, every believer, to have some Jenga faith. You're gonna get knocked down. My question is, do you know how to rebuild when the shaking comes? It's so important how we respond to discouragement. It's so important. I'm so inspired by Nehemiah's story and I hope you are this morning as well. Because I think, and we're gonna pray in a minute, I think just like we can catch the spirit of Esther and the spirit of Daniel, I think we need to catch the spirit of Nehemiah today. I think to be unshakable means being fully prepared when the shaking comes and how we're gonna respond. You know, trouble will come, the Bible says. This isn't something we can avoid. Let's just read it together. 2 Corinthians 4. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. Listen to this next thing. It's so applicable to Jenga faith. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Why are we not destroyed? Because we just get to build again. Now, I cannot read that scripture without also bringing up who I think is a prophet and a poet, our friend Chumbawamba. If you know, you know. If you were singing some songs in 1996, you will know this song. I get knocked down, but what happens? Come on, with some energy, but I get up again. I'm never gonna, I like that I literally wrote these lyrics out. Yes, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You haven't gonna keep me down. I was considering calling this Chumbawamba Faith, but I'm like, Went with Jenga. <laughs> Here's the thing, when we get knocked down, I get it. Just like my six-year-old who has a hard time bringing himself to rebuild again, it's easier just to give up and go sulk in your room like my son does. But you know how Pastor Becky talked a lot last night about how her pastor gave her a bit of a spanking and it changed everything for her? Well, guess what? We share the same pastor and I've been spanked as well. So listen, I'm, we're gonna pass that on to you and this is your little bit of a spank in this message. It's time, yes, the, the tower may have crashed. Yes, you might be surrounded by the pieces of what once stood, but guess what? You need to not go sulk in your room. You need to come back to the table and start building again. The game's not over until you say it's over and God said it's always gonna be okay. It won't be destroyed. 
destroyed because he's not going anywhere. So the only person that can go anywhere is you. I know, ouch, 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 ouch. Okay, people know my church planting story and they're like, oh, you're so awesome, look at the tower. I'm like, you have no idea what that tower cost me to build because that tower has come down again and again and again. If any bit of my testimony and anything God has done in me has only come because of the surrender it took to build again. It's cost me everything to have a Nehemiah spirit because everything in me just wants to go sit in the destroyed city and cry about what's been taken from me. But when I read the Bible and when I listen to the Holy Spirit, I realize for a believer, that's not an option. It's not an option for me and it's not an option for you. So listen, as you came down to your seat today, you would have seen one of these on your seat, a Jenga piece. It's there on purpose because we're gonna take a moment to minister right now And I believe, I believe, I believe that even as I'm talking, there is something you're thinking of, something in your life, a tower that you've built that has come crumbling to the ground and the word of the Lord to you today is, you need to get your faith back so you can rebuild again. Yes, the shaking came, yes it came, but guess what? God also came long before to put the brick back in your hand and say, just do it again, build again. So listen, great timing. And I'm not gonna send you away like Becky, she's super mean. You can totally stay. I know I'm way nicer than her, way nicer. You're welcome. We can start a support group. I know, she's, I know. I love my friend Becky. My question to myself, honestly writing this message and my message for you is what is God calling you to rebuild, my city girl? What is He calling you to rebuild? And I'll say it again, I do think this is a word for you corporately knowing the season of church you've been in. But as I said, and I just wanna bring it up one more time, God will get something to you corporately, but first He wants to get it to you individually. You can't give a city something you haven't experienced yourself. The city's shaking, and if it isn't yet, it's about to shake. My question is, are they gonna be able to come to you and see people that know how to pick the pieces back up and build again, or are they gonna see people sulking in their room? So listen, you've got a Jenga piece, You've got a pen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to write on this and I want you to commit to this brick what you know the Holy Spirit is telling you today to rebuild. I mean, come on, I'm not checking it. You don't have to do this. But I don't know about you, but there's something just visual about having this in my hand and I realise that this is my responsibility. That to rebuild, no one gets to do that for me. I have to do it for myself. And I want you to write on this block and maybe just put it somewhere in your room. And when you're feeling like you're having a sulk in your room, I want you to look at your brick and remember the story of Nehemiah and remember what's being deposited today, that you were called to get your brick up again, pick it up where it's been scattered and start building again. As the Holy Spirit is ministering to you, I just wanna throw out some things that I feel need to be on these blocks in the room. I think some people have some circumstantial things that need to be rebuilt. I think there's some, probably more than one, there's some people that have an estranged relationship in their life. Maybe it's a dad or a sister or a friend. And you've got that block in your hand and you're like, oh, hell no, I'm gonna be the first one to put that on there. But the Holy Spirit wants you to commit and surrender to Him today on that. Come on, it wasn't maybe your fault why the tower fell, but you might need to go first and putting it back together. I know that's a weighty word, but it's from God, so it's gonna be good and it's gonna contain freedom. I think, and every time you gather women together, this is always the case. There's some women that need to start building their self-worth up again. 
that maybe because of a word that was spoken to you or an experience of your past, the tower of self-esteem in your life came crashing down and you're like, I don't wanna rebuild it again because what happens if it comes down again? I don't wanna believe what God says about me. I don't wanna do that because then what happens if it's not true? There's some ladies on here that need to write on this again, that you're gonna rebuild your self-esteem and your self-worth with biblical values. The devil doesn't get to write your self-worth. You know this to be the case. It's time to start living it. There's some people that have some internal things that need rebuilding this morning. You need to learn to trust again. And I know this is, I'm skimming over some very deep stuff, but I think this is the beginning of a conversation. You're gonna finish with the Holy Spirit this week. There's some people that have made some internal vows that they will never trust again. God is telling you, yes, the tower came down. Build again, build again, build again, build again. There's some people here that have lost their hope. Can I tell you something about hope? Hope is the anchor to our soul, the Bible says. If you lose hope, you're adrift in life. It's time to anchor your hope again. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. There, if you're feeling heart sick right now, it might be because you need to rebuild your hope. You need to rebuild your hope. There's some people maybe internally, you feel like you've lost your strength. And guess what the Bible says gives you strength? Joy. So maybe that's what needs to go on your block this morning, that you're gonna be intentional about rebuilding joy in your life so you can have the strength of God flowing in you again. Maybe it's external, my city girls, and I love what Pastor Becky preached last night. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I can't think of anything in me that I need rebuilding, but maybe your call today is to help rebuild something that's broken in this city. Maybe there's people today they're gonna receive for the first time. You know what, it's, it's my job to do what Pastor Becky did and maybe go stand in some you know, places of influence and fight for biblical things. Maybe that's what you need to write on your brick. Maybe some people know it's time to start leading a group in this church, to start being someone who feeds sheep rather than always having to be fed. It can be external as well. We're all called to rebuild holiness where there's been ruin. And wherever there's sin, there's gonna be ruin. But guess what? You have the answer in Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna pray over all of us. God, I thank You that today people are gonna be impacted, not because of a clever word, God, but because You're speaking to people's hearts. And Father, right now, I just release a Nehemiah spirit over this church, over this generation. God, that we would be unshakable because we have revelation, God, not of our own strength, because we're just human, but that we have an unshakable God that lives in us. And God, that unshakable power that lives in us gives us the power to rebuild when things come crashing down. God, I prophesy a Jenga-like faith over people that don't get scared by the crash or the pieces flying around them, that would just rebuild again. They would rebuild again. God, they would shake off disappointment. Come on, it's time to get out of your room. It's time to shake it off and rebuild again. The game's only over when you say it's over. And can I just encourage you and remind you again today, come on, wherever there is God, there is victory. He's already won. He's already won. The game's already won. The only way you can lose is by going and not playing again, not building again. The devil knows he can't get you losing, but he can get you sitting out of the game. But the time to wake up and to accept your mantle as the Nehemiah of your city is here. And then just before we finish up, I just wanna declare one more Scripture over you. And actually I'm gonna ask every female pastor in the room to stand up or any key leader of Pastor Kelly's to stand up. Thank you, God. I just wanna specifically pray over the pillars of this house. 
I wanna specifically pray that you're gonna have an anointing to show women how to rebuild again. You're gonna show women how to shake off disappointment, how to shake off maybe fear around the shaking and model for them how to rebuild even though it's hard. And I wanna declare Isaiah 61 verse four over you. It says this, they shall build up the ancient ruins, they shall raise up the former devastations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. I've read that many times and didn't put it in this context. Catch that today. You are called to build up on the ancient ruins. Come on, to rise up on maybe former devastations. You are called to repair leaders of this house, pillars of this house, what has been ruined, what has maybe been devastated. You are called, you are called, you are called to repair to repair. God, I just thank You. You never give us an appointment without an anointing. So Father, I just right now release in the atmosphere, Father, a Nehemiah spirit, Father, that it's potent in these girls, God. God, it's not about what they know, it's gonna be about what they model for a world that needs to know how to rebuild again after the shaking comes. So Father, right now, I thank You that they tangibly hear the whisper of Your Holy Spirit right now and it, it, it fortifies them, Father, for the roles that they are in, God. God, I just speak peace, I speak a confidence in the calling of their life. In Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. Why don't we all stand to our feet before we worship? I just wanna pray one more prayer over you, my city girls. God, I just thank You, Father. Lord, that this is just the beginning, Father, of a move of God. And just reminding You, my city girls, what you're part of isn't a ministry, what you're a part of is a move of God. I'm telling you, those ministries come and go, programs come and go, conferences come and go, but a move of God, that stays in the very foundation of your city. So I prophesy right now, Omaha is gonna look different because of what my city girls carry. Come on, if you wanna be part of that, why don't you reach up and grab that today and worship with some new levels of passion today in Jesus' Name. Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.